Next up, Splash Hit, as the Meg becomes a surprise late summer success. That's right, the Jurassic Shark has taken a $400 million bite out of the global box offices. Which means there's no better time than now for a special Rick and Rick movie review. On the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. How are you doing? Good, good. Did you see the news? They've rolled out both a wasabi-flavored and a hot chicken wing-flavored Oreo cookie. What? Yes. So a no, I didn't see this. Oreo cookie and hot chicken wing-flavored Oreo cookies. Now, that's out of got milk territory. That's just got what the... I mean... <laughs> You know, you actually taste these things, and, and a lot of times they're just fine. But I'm like, you know, my taste buds are like threatening violence. I'm talking about <laughs> full-on insurrection of my salivary gland. You know, I, I think this is kind of an offshoot of this whole thing that's been going on lately where, you know, there's the the sweet and savory or the sweet and hot and da-da-da. And so I think they're trying to capitalize on that with Oreos, but frankly – yeah, I don't I don't get this one. Now, I might be foolish enough to try it, but yeah, this one just sounds really weird to me. Hot chicken wing Oreos. Now, my understanding is it will be very hard to get a hold of them because apparently these are for the Chinese market, not for the US, which makes sense, but hot chicken wing Oreos. But but how is the hot chicken wing Oreos an Asian thing? I don't think it's like the buffalo wings like we do. I think it's oh. like, it's that hot and spicy kind that you can Got get it. at a lot of Chinese restaurants. So, uh, yeah. Got it. Got anyway. it. That makes more sense because I'm thinking like what goes better with football, which is going to start pretty soon here, <laughs> than chicken wing Oreos. Remember I sent you an article earlier and they were talking about uh, Tom Holloway in uh, the Avengers movie, the, yeah. the uh, Infinity Stone movie. And if you remember, at the end, he has this really memorable set of lines, which, you know, with Mr. Stark, I'm not feeling so well. Right. Well, the DVD has come out, and there is some commentary in the DVD that indicates that that was indeed an improvised line. Wow. Whole, in fact, that whole segment, you know, because the, the question was, Hey, why did it take so long for Spider-Man to die compared to everybody else? Because it was all improvised. <laughs> wait for it. Everybody wait for else, it. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else kind of froze, and then you know uh, they faded away. Not, not you know, Spider-Man. Spider-Man had this this dialogue, and it's because you know it was such a great line. It was such <laughs> great, you know, acting. They yeah. decided to work with it, put it in. There. Imagine if he said, "I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark." <laughs> oh no, that so. did it. I'm good. <laughs> So, um, the blockbuster movie, The Meg, the numbers coming out are pretty damn impressive here. So I think as of today, The Meg has passed $411.5 million in global damn. box office. It's a movie that was budgeted somewhere between 130 and $170 million bucks. So big, big hit. And, you know, you and I talked about this before the movie came out. It has like a 46% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah. I saw this survey... I guess it's one of those Google surveys that 91% of moviegoers said that they liked it despite those reviews. So sounds like you did. I did as well. As we have to say here, folks, spoiler alerts ahead. If you haven't seen the movie. That's right. Wait. Spoiler alerts. Spoiler alerts. Just to dial everyone in, this is director John, I think it's John Turtletob is how you say his name. And he's the director behind the National Treasure series. And the uh -huh. Meg stars Jason Statham as Jonas 
Taylor. So Jonah is struggling to get his life back together following an escape from a submersible in some kind of a wreck. And he ended up having to leave some of the crew behind in order to save the few that he could. He insists that the disaster was caused by a megalodon. A megalodon being this 70 feet, 90 feet, whatever, but this giant great white shark believed to have been extinct for millions and millions of years. Still kind of checked out. I think he's in Vietnam, you know, drinking beers or something when we see him first, he is forced to go confront that nightmare all over again when he's called to help save some scientists aboard another submersible, this one deep in the Marianas Trench. And he, you know, falls in love with this marine scientist played by Bing Bing Lee. She's a scientist aboard this research vessel that has accidentally released the Meg into the open ocean. I won't go into how they how that happened, but Jonas ends up having to kill not one, but two Megs in a rip-roaring yeah. adventure that really did have some some genuine thrills and some nice touches. It, it was Jason Statham, right? You expected it to be an action movie. You expected it to, you know, be some some opportunity for him to pull some crazy scenario where he flips a car, or in this case, a submarine over, <laughs> and tries to, like, do something crazy. And he does. He doesn't let down. Uh, but no, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, you know, a different movie. It wasn't crazy. It was, you know, uh, you know, some people uh, kind of, you know, reference it as being kind of a reboot of the, the Jaws line. I can right. see that argument, but it, it had its own material and it was interesting and it was fun. Yeah. And so as long as you go in with low expectations, you're going to have a fun time. Yep. I enjoyed it. Yep. I don't know if you saw it in 3D, but my favorite scene was the scene where the Meg jumps onto or ends up over the boat. I would pay just to see that scene again. Yeah. And you know, that was, you're right. You're right. In fact, there was a lot of scenes where I spent time trying to figure out uh, where the special effects end, where the practical effects began. And honestly, they did a pretty good job, particularly for you know, it's not a low budget movie. It was a moderate budget movie, but you know, the special effects, particularly with the, with the sharks swimming under the water and you can kind of see down through the layers, they actually did a very good job. And I was impressed with that. And that was definitely the case where, you know, the shark jumped out of the water to eat the other shark and kind of roll the boat (laughs) with them. And, you know, that whole scene was, was absolutely fascinating. Although, probably pretty impractical i mean why would a shark jump out of the water to get another shark right but especially where there was whales and and fish and everything else in the water but you know it was still it was still a lot of fun okay we are coming up on our first break here when we come back we're going to continue our conversation of the meg the cast and some of the great scenes in it so hang tight Okay, welcome back to Rick and Rick Rule the World. We're talking about The Meg, the blockbuster summer surprise. You know, some of the reviews for the movie were kind of funny. I mean, it's one of those movies where it's been pretty much panned. And then as people actually go see the movie, like I said, 91% are saying they love it. A Rolling Stones review said, Meg isn't even worthy of your great white snark. Another one said that, that it was not good enough to really hold your interest and not bad enough to be fun. But you know, as of today, the Meg has sunk its teeth into enough box office that it has overtaken this year's Star Wars movie. So are you serious? I didn't catch that. Yes. Now, wow. not that Solo was a huge hit, but we're talking about the world's most popular movie franchise and this first out the gate of a new franchise just kicked 
ass. So kudos you know, to the Lakers. It was probably also a timing thing. I mean, there's kind of nothing really out right now to compete yep. with it. Yep. So you know, if you're going to go to the movie, it, you know, it, it, it's a good one to go to. Plus, we haven't had anything like this in a while. And, you know, if you think about it, movies come in cycles where, you know, for a while we'll have some horror movies and we'll have some sci-fi movies and we'll have some romantic comedies. And maybe this is the time where we needed a monster movie because we haven't really had one in a while. So, you know, timing timing could have played into this. And then, you know, to your point, I mean, the parallels between it and whether it's Jaws or something else were just just, huge, right? It really did at times feel like a reboot. And in fact, uh, every, every scene where there was a boat, I kept waiting for somebody to say we're i think gonna we're gonna need a bigger boat, boat. yeah <laughs> that's right totally. yeah, to be honest with you i was a little disappointed they didn't do a tongue-in-cheek on that uh, yeah, right that would have been funny if they did that that would have been great but you know i will say obviously and we've talked about this before the technology couldn't be more different today than it was when steven spielberg was directing jaws but what i liked about moments in the Meg is the director, even despite all this technology, took the time in certain instances. He he knew his instinct was build suspense here. Don't show the shark every moment. And my favorite scenes were where he made it kind of first person through the character's eyes, like that scene where Statham is trying to tag the shark's fin with a transponder and suddenly the Meg goes underwater and he does, doesn't know where it's at. So right. the director puts us in his eyes as he puts on his scuba mask, trying to look underwater to get it, you know, see where the Meg is at. And then as that scene unfolds, he's succeeded. So some dummy on the boat, you know, he's connected to a cord. They start reeling him back and that's the wrong thing to do. And fortunately, Bing Bing Lee's character recognized don't do that, but it was too late by that point, so they have to totally reel him in, and that's one of the best uh, scenes in the movie as well, although I wasn't quite clear on how that cord pulled him all the way onto the boat without killing him, but uh, <laughs> it was still pretty fun. Well, you know, and they actually had a pretty good cast. I mean, you, of course, we talked about Jason Statham, right? Yeah. Obviously, he's a big action star. You talked about Bing Bing. Uh, you know, she's, uh, she's you know, surprisingly older than I thought she was. She was born what was it 73 or something like that oh, wow. so you know she's she's almost our age yeah. but you know she she's been an actress for quite some time has quite a bit of reputation particularly in the uh in the uh overseas market uh rain wilson right yep. who was from the office was in there ruby rose who was uh in orange is the new black i'm sure she's been in a ton of other stuff i think she was a villain in the uh the new john wick movie uh, john wick 2 oh. and so you know we ended up having you know a number of really good actors and actresses Yeah, no, I agree. This cast was spectacular. I don't think there was a weak person in the entire movie. Even the little girl plays Bing Bing's daughter was a highlight of the movie. She stole every scene she was in. That's true. She was fantastic. Uh, You know, it's it's always amazing when they get kid actors to come in here and they actually – you know, carry their part and, you know, aren't distracting, you know, this, she, she nailed it. So I was impressed with that. And what's interesting, I didn't know this. So I read the first one. I think I read a couple of them. I don't think I read them all, but this was like early nineties, maybe mid nineties when, when it came out. And I thought at the time, God, this would be a really cool movie. And in fact, it had already been optioned for a movie before the book even came out. And apparently at one point, Guillermo del Toro was attached to the film, which I would have loved oh, to have seen what he would have done with the material. Yeah. But it kept having a situation where it was supposed to come out in the late 90s, and then that movie Deep Blue Sea came out, which is very right. similar. And so that kind of took the thunder out. It kind of fell apart. And then at one point, Jan DeBont, the director uh, and I think cinematographer of The Hunt for Red October, was attached to it. And Eli Roth was attached to it at one point. He's a big horror movie director, The, the Hostile 
series and The Last Exorcism and, and others. So what I didn't know is that online, this series is a big thing. It has a huge fan following that Alton has been sort of nurturing all these years. And so a lot of observers said that opening weekend that it did so well was probably driven mostly from these fans that have been waiting 20 years for this movie to come out. And then the word of mouth and the people they brought along, obviously, either they've been going over and over and over again, or they've enlisted yeah. a bunch of new fans for this series. So pretty amazing backstory. You know, but again, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. There's not a lot of competition right now. There's yep. no other really big blockbusters that are out. It's fun and it's it's different, right? Because we've we've had the superhero, we've talked about this, right? Have we reached superhero fatigue? We've had the superhero movies over and over again. We have the Star Wars movies over and over again here's something that stands out a little different right we've even had recently a ton of the horror movies or at yep. least you know the fright movies yep. so here's something that's a little bit different uh that frankly has got jason statham so you know maybe the girlfriend wants to go the wife yep. wants to go with you too right it's fun it's yep. fun yep we're gonna come up on our next break here when we come back i don't want you to look ahead here don't cheat i have some trivia questions about this year's box office. So stay tuned. All right, we are back on Rick and Rick Rule the World. You know, if you think about it, The Meg serves as kind of a bookend to what has been just a, a blockbuster summer movie season that was kind of kickstarted by Avengers Infinity War, which actually came out in April, <laughs> the beginning of the movie season since it's earlier and earlier every year. But so far, at least, the official summer movie season, which is defined as the first Friday in May through Labor Day weekend, as we tape this show, we're heading into Labor Day weekend. So far, the box office has amassed more than $3.7 billion in ticket sales, according to box office mojo. Now, I have some questions for you. Let's test to see how well we're keeping track of the box office this summer. So I have five questions for you. Loaded questions. Question number one. The number one movie of the summer was A, Deadpool 2, B, Incredibles 2, C, Solo's A Star Wars Flop, or D, <laughs> The Spy Who Dumped Me. Which of these was the, is the number one movie for the summer? I would have to guess that it was Deadpool. Oh, very good guess. I think I would have guessed that as well. You know what the number one movie of the summer is? Incredibles 2. So B, nice. Incredibles 2. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. question number two. How many movies do you think came out this summer? A, 120, B, 491, C, too many movies for movie pass, D, 214, or E, both C and D. <laughs> I'm going to go with D, because I, I do think that it was too many for movie pass, because they obviously cracked. Uh, but I think it's a lot more than what people think it is. I, I'm always surprised when I see how many movies come out in a short period of time. In that time frame for the summer movie season, there have been 214 movies in movie theaters 214 movies just this summer wow number three where do you think the meg ranks in the top 50 movies this summer a dead last b number 14 c number 10 or d number seven where do you think the meg ranks in the top 50 yeah. movies this summer i'm gonna say number seven if, if it's if it's generated 400 million it's gotta be towards the top a very good guess it's actually number 10 which is impressive so it is number 10 just behind Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and ahead <laughs> of Equalizer 2. So it is already, I mean, it's been out three weeks, and it is the number 10 movie for the summer so far. So it's, it's kicking ass. Question number four, what movie 
currently at number 12, and don't look, what movie currently at 12 could conceivably still push The Meg out of the top 10 before Labor Day weekend is over? A, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. B, Crazy Rich Asians. C, Hotel Transylvania. Or D, I Know Who Trump Did Last Summer. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would guess Crazy Rich Asians because I keep hearing a lot of play on that in the last couple of weeks. Bing, that would be bing. just a pure guess. Yep. Bing, bing, bing. You got, you nailed it. So that a movie, tiny movie, independent movie, is already at number 12 for the summer. So Crazy Rich Asians, conceivably, with all the buzz it's building in the final weekend of summer, could very well usurp the Meg out of that top 10 spot. Though I gotta imagine last breath of summer, people are going to want just mindless fun. Maybe Crazy Rich Asians is, I don't know, but we'll see. Okay, the last you know, question. I was, oh, go ahead. I was I was just looking at this. So you know, to your point, the the Meg, and this is just domestic box office, has done 106 million. Incredibles two is almost 600 million, yeah. almost six x the box office. Yep. That's incredible. Yes. That's incredible. Yep, pardon the pun. Okay, your last question here. So question number five. What movie do you think comes in last out of the top 100 movies this summer? A. Mamma Mia, here we go again. B. Two Men Went to War, C, Jason Mraz, Have It All the Movie, or D, Disney's Christopher Robin? Wow, I don't know two of those, so it'd be, what, what, there was a Jason one. What yeah, was that one? Jason Mraz, out, Have It All the Movie, or Two Men Went to War? Uh, it's one of those two, because I, <laughs> I haven't heard of either one of those. Yep, good deductive reasoning, but which do you guess? Uh, what was the one about Go to War? that one we'll try that one okay so close it was the jason mraz one so jason mraz have it all the movie was number 100 out of the top 100 in and, the box and, office and what is summer. that what is I that i have movie? no idea it's got to be a concert movie of some kind or behind the scenes concert movie have no idea they have no idea what two men went to war was either so yeah you mean the ones that surprised me that were in the top 10 were hotel transylvania 3 i didn't right. expect that one Certainly, Mama Mia. I, I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> questions. So, bottom line, what grade would you give the Meg? Oh, man. See, that's tough because I like bad movies. I, I love stupid action movies. So, you know, I'd give it, I'd give it a B minus. I, I think it was fun. It was a fun ride. There was, of course, the one scene where it, it harkened back to the Transporter 3. So if you remember back to the Transporter 3, I think it was the 3, uh, there was a scene where he had a bomb on the bottom of the car and he does this jump where he flips the car upside down and hooks the bomb that's on the bottom of the car on a crane <laughs> and then flips the car back over and drives away. Right. In the Meg, there that scene was reenacted with a submarine, the 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 personal submarine, yep. where he's got like a broken bar sticking out the side of it, and he kind of does this spin thing and cuts the shark all the way down using yeah. this thing. It's kind of like I recognize that scene, you know. So, anyways, I I'd give it a B. I'd give it a B minus. I I think it's a fun movie. If you don't take it too serious, you're gonna have a great time. I what think, about you? Yeah, I think closer to seeing it, I probably would have put it at B minus. Having had some distance from it i i'd put it at a solid c only because i kind of feel i don't ever really need to see it again and in fact that scene is partially responsible for it only because i was unable to suspend my disbelief in the final moments when he takes out the meg just because the meg was exceedingly docile for having its stomach cut open and him holding on to the side of the shark's head by stabbing it and then 
just sitting there without shaking its head violently while he shoves a pole through his eyeball. That kind of hurt the movie for me. But you're right. I think overall it's fun. I think closer I would have given it be at a distance now. I, I give it a C. Okay, so I think that's going to wrap it up for our special Rick and Rick review of The Meg. Thank you, Rick Wooten. And thank you, Rick and Rick Nation, for listening. Be sure to check us out at rickandrick.com where you get double the Rick with just one click. And join us next time for the one show where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world. Thanks so much, everyone.